Welcome to Bewitching Your Day. Hey guys, uh, Mary Mead, and welcome to episode 19 of Bewitching Your Day. And today I'd like to talk about our patron and our matron deities. And this is a topic that's kind of a big thing for me because I actually have quite a lot of matron deities and, and I've always called them patron deities um, just because that's the term that I've always heard but really they're matrons most of mine are women um, so <laughs> so anyways um, and in my experience mine have always come to me at different times when either a I needed them or B I was ready to learn what they had to teach um, my first one, uh, Yamaya, she came to me when I was a kid, actually, before I had even really dedicated myself to a pagan path. And it was just, you know, I had one of those magical moments at, at a, an ocean side. I was kind of laying half in the water, half on the sand, and I just suddenly felt connected and suddenly realized how connected I was through the ocean. Um through, you know, the ocean to everyone else on earth who relied on her waters and who uh, were touching that same water and also all the creatures in the ocean and, and you know, the salt water and, and how that was something that also flowed through my veins and flowed through everyone's veins. And really, we all came from the ocean. So she was kind of my first experience of real true magic. Again, before I even really 100% knew... Um, what my path was, I knew that I had had a special moment there. Later on, as I moved out, um, let me see, I was probably mid-20s, then I kind of realized that I had this struggle and that it was going to be a lifelong struggle. And I've mentioned this before, but, um, you know, I, I kind of have this struggle where, on one hand, I really want to make money, I want to be successful, I want to be... Um, yeah, grown up. <laughs> really, I should have figured that out by now, but I have not. Um, and on the other hand, I have this incredible drive to be creative. I want so badly to express myself. And it's kind of one of those things where sometimes they're at cross purposes. You know, I have tattoos. I like coloring my hair weird colors. I, you know, I want to write and I want to paint and I want to do podcasts and I want to do things like that and none of those things pay all that well, you know, unless you can kind of integrate the financial aspects with the creative aspects and that's what I have trouble with. It seems like I can go in one direction or the other but I can't find that middle path where I can make money through my creative endeavors. And that's when I was introduced to um, Sarasvati and Lakshmi. And they're sisters who competed over the love of Vishnu. And Vishnu ended up choosing Lakshmi. And because of that, they've always kind of been rivals. And it's said that you can carry the favor of one but not the other. So <laughs> I obviously have chosen the path of Sarasvati, uh, which is that of creativity and self-expression and writing and music and things like that. Um, and I keep following that path to the detriment of my financial well-being, which is the realm of Lakshmi. Uh, she is the goddess of wealth and abundance. And I, I'm always trying to find some way to make those two things mesh in my life. Later, I actually started a podcast that was an adult-themed podcast. Um, 
And because of that, I actually made quite a lot of friends, and, and they were mostly men, predictably, who, um, I don't know, felt some sort of a, a kinship or, or something in that, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this that doesn't damn me too much. Um, anyways, I made a lot of friends who, you know, were unhappy in their lives for various reasons, um, for various reasons their their needs weren't being met. And I kind of came to the realization that that is kind of a function of the goddess too. And I, I became interested in, um, though I didn't do actual sex work, I became interested in the concept of sacred prostitution. And I would actually love to do a show on that later. Um, but that concept of woman as a healer through compassion and also through sex a little bit. And, you know, there is a lot of healing in sex. And though I wasn't having sex with, you know, all these people that I was becoming friends with, I was kind of uh, relating to them on a, a more sexual level. And anyways, that's when Anana came into my life. And I had a vision of her as this lovely dancing golden goddess just dancing over fields of grain and and feeding her people with, with this grain and and she's known as a goddess of love and of like sacred sexuality um, in her temples there was uh, sacred prostitution but also she was kind of a war goddess and she was a warrior goddess of you know her particular uh, you know areas uh, in the ancient Sumerian world and so she was kind of all-encompassing but to me she was very much that goddess of healing through compassion and through understanding. Um, so she came to me during that time. And then <laughs> my last one, it's kind of interesting. I was not, I, I had four matron deities. Like I, you know, I was like, I'm covered. I, you know, wow. I kind of still try to work with and honor all four of these deities as much as possible. Um, you know, I, I have made prayer beads for each of them, and I'm working on the set of goddess stoles that you can kind of, it's kind of like a long scarf that you can use to either wear if you want to get into the frame of mind of that particular deity, or you can use it, it's very long, you can use it to set out a magical circle and to connect with that deity. Um, so I wasn't looking for another deity. And I was writing my book. And in my book, my main character, Vine Blackwell, is me. She's basically me, but with better hair, much better hair. She's got the hair I've always dreamed of. Kind of a more settled and interesting romantic life, I guess. In the first book, anyways. Um, a more interesting living situation, certainly, and a better house. <laughs> but she's basically me. And for the story to work, I had to really think about who her, who her uh, matron deity was, who she was going to be dedicated to, who she was going to be chosen by, actually. And in, this, in the story, I needed her to be a devotee of Hecate. And I'd always liked Hecate, but I had never really... She's kind of that ubiquitous goddess that all 
well, not all, but a lot of witches want to be associated with. And, and, you know, rightfully so. She's pretty cool. You know, she is the deity of magic. And, you know, the crone goddess and the knowledgeable, magical, um, you know, goddess that kind of knows hidden things. She's very cool. And so I started writing this story. And <laughs> I had my character meditate with her. And, you know, I started kind of meditating with her. And... I kind of realized, yeah, that she was present in my life, too. And actually even going back to, man, when I was in my early 20s and my life was in the middle of a change, I kind of had this vision where I had to choose between two things, two lives. And one was the life I knew and the life that was safe. The other was the life of the unknown and the life... It was scary, basically. It was this terrifying life where I was being true to myself and embracing my own darkness. And I chose, I I kind of saw this as a vision of a light goddess and a dark goddess. And I embraced the dark goddess. And I, I truly, now looking back, that was Hecate. And it was a very important vision and pivotal in my life. So she's always been there, but I never put a name on it until, what, Oh, almost 20 years later, um, writing this novel, and that's kind of her way, I guess. She's very mysterious, so I've been trying to honor her, though she's a little bit trickier than the others. Um, again, she's aloof, which is kind of cool. Kind of reminds me of me, actually. But so, anyways, so I have these five, and I also feel very connected to Kernunos the Celtic um, woodland god, the, the horned god. So they all came to me at different times in my life, kind of when I needed them and when they had lessons to teach me. So in my experience, I don't feel like it's something that you can meditate on. I don't feel like it's something that you can just choose your deity that you're going to be connected to. I feel like they choose you. And, you know, everyone kind of wants to be connected to Aphrodite, or if you like cats, maybe Bast, or, but I feel like you just need to be open to the deities that come to you when they come to you. But I'm kind of curious to find out if other people have had different experiences. Have you meditated on which deity? Did you choose a deity based on things that are important to you in your life? Um, did you actively go seek them out? So I'm kind of curious about this. So if you could, please leave me some comments on amyravenson.com and please share your experiences with the divine. Um, you know, did they, did they come to you like they did with me or was your experience different? I would really like to know. So that's it. And I hope you guys are all having a great day and blessed be. Check out my blog at amyravenson.com. You can also find me on Twitter under Amy Ravenson. You can find me on Facebook under amy.ravenson. Or email me directly at amyravenson at gmail.com. Blessed be.